Welcome to The Organic Advocate. I'm your host, Taya O'Carroll, the founder, CEO, and farmer behind Yield Organic. Here at The Organic Advocate, we get real about challenges and solutions to organic agriculture. Today, Rodrigo Zarita with eWeb Strategy is here, and as part of The Organic Advocate, we're focused on solutions. So today, we're going to talk about hitting the mark with verified crop quality. So welcome, Rodrigo. Hey, Taya. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. And I have heard you talk a lot about the requirements, buyer spec lists, and you know when they procure crops. But one that a lot of people might not be familiar is you know verified crop quality. Oh, absolutely. I think it's kind of a term that we created to put together. It's like crop quality that is validated by a third-party certified lab when they're testing for GMO contamination and mycotoxins. Got it. I mean, it makes total sense. I mean, why would a buyer want to source something blindly, right? Hope is not a strategy (laughs) for for green merchandisers. (laughs) So I I totally see it as a way to know the quality of, you know, of anything, including large-scale crops up front, you know, when you're sourcing organic, regenerative, and non-GMO from producers. Right. And I think that the part I was laughing about is this is literally a two-way street. This isn't just for farmers or it isn't for buyers. It applies to both sides. So especially if anyone has ever had the fear of being rejected at an elevator. You know, what's funny is that I've heard some stories from you and I think it's kind of like the elephant in the room between growers or producers and buyers. And it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, something ugly that's part of the market right now that I think you're passionate about changing. So, I mean, what, what happens? What, what goes wrong? <laughs> no, I'm just, I think I'm stuck on the word elephant in the room because when it happened, um, for me, it literally felt like the elephant was on me. What happened, I guess, in the beginning for us, before we knew to test for crop quality and before we put in some different protocols to help with the GMO contamination on our farm, we had a great contract. It was a beautiful price, the arrangement, the timing, everything was fine. The crop gets picked up, it's delivered, it shows up at the destination point, and then the phone rings. <laughs> that's where the elephant stepped in the room, I think. That's when I'm hearing you have a GMO contamination problem, the level's too high. It was a complete surprise. I think that was the frustrating part. It's just, you know, when you hear shocking news, it kind of, that story sticks with you, and that's something that the reason I got passionate about this is I don't want it to ever happen to somebody else. You know, if there's some steps that you can do to try to prevent that for both the farmer as well as the buyer, why wouldn't you do it? I think it's a question that I've come to ask myself. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's wonderful, you know, in terms of your heart and, you know, the organization itself to basically disrupt something that's broken, you know, like, Hey, this isn't working. What can we actually do about it? And I think empowering people with knowledge um, in terms of validating and confirming their hard work, because it's not something that, hey, I worked really hard this week on this project and, you know, here's the output. This is the hard work for a year, <laughs> you know, or at least a season. And um, I think that's that's cool. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, it was a surprise. I think that word is kind of, you know, has too much positive connotation to describe them. <laughs> what's really going on you know it's like horrible i mean it when i put myself in the shoes of a farmer thinking about that right and i mean going into a transaction blind 
I mean, nobody else in the market does that. Like, that's crazy. Well, that's why I felt like it was important to empower myself with information. And with that experience, obviously led to incredible frustration. It all turned out fine. So (laughs) I don't want anybody worrying. I mean, the transaction, everything went through. I mean, it was all fine, but it's the process of like, I'm not going there again this year or next year, or we're not doing this anymore. And what can I do about it? So like I said, I'm informed up front. And that's what I would hope everybody else would take away from this podcast or just the idea of verified crop quality of why it's important. What I did is I literally went into my local lab, which is Midwest Labs. They were kind enough (laughs) to set my phone call to say, can I come over? And I just wanted to walk around because I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't even know what to ask. So I just followed through the process. I followed through like what kind of testing is available for organic crops, all these different things like, you know, asking the question, do you know what buyers are looking for? And we came to the end of the conversation with me sharing the story of what happened. The shock and awe on their face was like, oh my gosh, you know, that is so unnecessary. Here's what we can do. And here's here's a test or different tools that are available to you to actually know that information up front. So what we've come to the conclusion is that by sending in, and this is for any third-party certified lab, I just went with Midwest Labs. They're in my neighborhood. We have a good relationship with them and they they're pretty much the largest, you know, testing facility in the United States. That's what I was going to say. Because yeah. you make it sound like, hey, they're in my backyard. <laughs> they're the largest lab in the U.S. So, I mean, it's definitely a strong player, you know, in agriculture as it pertains to testing. So, I mean, it, that partnership, I think, is both strong, relevant, and scalable, right? Because we're trying to get everybody to use this tool to their favor, both, you know, grain merchandisers and buyers alike, because they're on both sides of the, the equation. Yes. And what I found out is that maybe I should back up before sending in a test result is that it's not just GMOs that are something that is tested for. It's also mycotoxins. So the weather was crazy last year. The, you know, farmers yeah. all complain about the weather all the time. There's not enough rain, you know, too dry, too hot, not hot enough, you know, not enough BTUs from the sun. I mean, it, the list goes on. It's just, that's our, what we do. Um, but Last year, we just, I don't know why, it just seems like the roller coaster was turned up, ratcheted up a few more levels last year. And everybody was on this crazy ride of not knowing, am I going to have a crop? Am I going to have a crop? Is it, you know, and what it did is it not only stressed us, it stressed the plant. It stressed, you know, the soil is impacted by all this weather changing as well. So mycotoxins, the level of mycotoxins reported last year was higher than normal. And and actually, it was the first time I heard a farmer report to me that the first time ever, and a buyer reported the same thing. So it wasn't just one side or the other, but both came to me in confidence and said that aflatoxin was the first time they'd ever seen it in soybeans. And I even, I just felt surprised. So that's what I'm saying. Don't be surprised, you know, do some testing. Because that was a not a great experience for either party when they found the aflatoxins. Absolutely. I think what, what uh, resonated when you were sharing that story is, you know, don't be surprised, be prepared. And I think it's such a it's low barrier entry. And I know that there's a, a collaboration with Midwest Labs where you're making this super affordable to farmers, you know, members of the ag marketplace. So I know 
maybe you want to share that because it's truly a, a, a great opportunity and you're basically saving people a whole bunch of money. Yes, they are incredibly supportive, very helpful, and a great partner with Yield Organic to help us be able to bring discounted pricing for these tests. That is something that I am truly grateful for them because, like I said, whether a farmer chooses to use Midwest Labs or somebody else, there's somebody standing up for you out there. And instead of these tests running hundreds of dollars, they've provided a discount. Check them out. Of course, I'm going to advocate for testing. So... You have options, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I see it as another example of you advocating farmers. I mean, for those of you that don't know the history on the ag marketplace, I mean, one of the things that was a huge shift, you know, in the last couple of years that Taya was able to manage is, I mean, we shifted towards making the ag marketplace free for farmers. So I mean, we, we keep on removing barriers, right, to enter into the the next era of what transactions should look like in agriculture, subsidizing uh, through this partnership, the expense, right, of having that tool and information on what was actually produced. It's just another example of you continuing to advocate farmers. And I know that for me, it just resonates, but I know that farmers out there, they're going to appreciate it. So thank you, Taya. No, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Because sometimes when I go on about you know, verified crop quality, I almost feel like I'm doing a public service announcement (laughs) to be be informed before you sell. It's that much of a risk point that I don't want somebody else to take, especially for a nominal price. Because when somebody says that, like what happened to me is when somebody called me up and said my GMO contamination level was too high, I had no comeback. I mean, conversation dead, boom. You know, there's nothing else to do. And now the guy's got my crop. Not that anybody was trying to do something wrong. It was just, here's the situation we're in the middle of. But, you know, how do you back? You you can't really back it out. And you can't back yourself up because you don't have information. I think that's why I'm so passionate about it, again, is just be informed. Absolutely. And I think that you brought a good point because a lot of times, I don't know, there's like this tendency for... Uh, farmers, growers, or producers to see the other side of the transaction or people that represent that as instead of partners as like the enemy or something, you know, I don't think anybody's trying to pull a fast one uh, on anyone. It's just that, you know, structure drives behavior. And the fact that verifiable crop quality is not part of how we do business in agriculture, I think is something that everybody suffers from because it introduces fear and anxiety. And who that's not fun in any transaction or relationship, right? So I think that this is what's powerful about, you know, the the idea that you're uh, promoting and advocating for in agriculture is that not only is connections important, but also transparency. And that's what I think verifiable crop quality is all about. Yes. And then to know the numbers, like for that transparency, that as a farmer, what we need to hit or be under, for example, GMO contamination level to be acceptable for food grade products needs to be less than 0.90% GMO contamination level. And if you are going for feed grade products, there's a little bit more grace there. It's less than 5% GMO contamination. And in some areas, you know, like I said, mycotoxins, especially aflatoxin and corn, it's just typical. But just have that mycotoxin panel run as well, just to know what the thresholds or levels may be that are there. And that number is going to vary depending on how the buyer is going to use the crop. 
Absolutely. I mean, you're establishing a baseline. I mean, it's hard to kind of move the needle in any direction if you don't even know where you are. Right. And so I I didn't, cool. just to be clear, I didn't establish that baseline. Actually, those numbers are not um, necessarily even reported in the USDA NOP, which the National Organic Program Guidelines. They don't explicitly state what the GMO contamination levels are that are required. But just so you know that these are standards that the buyers are following that has been set in Europe and also are followed under the non-GMO project verified standard. So that's where their collaboration on bringing those numbers, that's where those numbers come from. I think that's great for you to bring that up because what we're trying to do here is just kind of do our part, I believe, and just creating awareness that you both have options to be informed, to leverage that information in your favor, and you know to feel better about going to market with something that you work so hard on for farmers. Right. And when you do work with a lab, I think it's critical... The next question I'm asked is, okay, Taya, I understand I'm on board with testing, but what do I ask them for? Yeah, you know, what? I, <laughs> say I call up my lab um, that I use or want to work with. I don't even know where to start. How do I, you know, what do I ask for? So what you're going to ask for is the PCR, which is a polymerase chain reaction test. That's the beginning standard. Ideally, you're going to ask for a DDPCR test, which is a droplet digital polymerase chain reaction test. And the DDPCR, the reason why I said that's more of a gold standard, it's the most sophisticated test available. So any, and it's actually used outside the agricultural industry. And it's led to, I know researchers use it. It's cancer biomarker discoveries been done through it, infectious disease, gene expressions. I mean, it goes on. So if they're using it for that element, and I would rather use that for my crop testing because it's just a higher level of test. Yeah. yeah, definitely start with those. And then you know whether the GMOs are present as a range based on using a standard curve. Absolutely. And, and for those of you that aren't necessarily aware or if you, you kind of just connected to this podcast, I mean, Tay has been talking about this. I just looked this up for like years. I think the podcast yeah. where we actually got to talk to Brian Hodges from this with last, that was, that was released October 26, 2018. <laughs> so that's something maybe you guys should check out. Um, he kind of goes into the weeds, right, as a scientist, as it pertains to testing. And, you know, how they they test at Midwest. So that might be something that you guys want to might want to check out. But don't worry, as a scientist, he still speaks English. <laughs> and the funny part is, too, when you do get your test results back, uh, that's a whole nother section or issue of like, because we aren't scientists. We're, you know, primarily farmers or buyers. What the heck does that test say? So there's another podcast that's out there too, Rodrigo, that has and everybody listening out there about how do I read a lab test result? So that yeah. one's helpful too. And what does that test result mean? Yeah, that's a great one two punch. So definitely look those up uh on iTunes or however you listen to your podcasts. Mm-hmm. And man, I think that this tool is going to be well received. Taya, thank you for working so hard to kind of like not only bring awareness, but also get a hookup so that people can actually transact and get stuff tested for less than, you know, what it usually costs mm-hmm. and just, you know, reduce barrier to entry to allow people to transact, you know, in a different way. It's, I think it's powerful. Yes. Oh, thank you. And it's simple, really. All you do is not even a big sample. You're just going to go to probably your kitchen and get a Ziploc baggie and the quart size and send a sample into them, mark it, 
And then if you work with Midwest Labs, tell them Yield Organic, identify which test you would like, which again, I recommend the DD-PCR and a mycotoxin panel, and then you're ready to go. You'll get your test results back within a couple of days. So let me ask you a question. I know this might be like a, uh, a dumb question, but I'd rather ask and, <laughs> and let <laughs> get some info. Right, what is it? <laughs> so, I, so I tested it, right? I tested my crop, I got the results. So what next, what, what would you do if you were a farmer? Well, I, I would go to that other podcast and listen to Brian um, explain what the test results meant. So I not only have a number in my hand, now I know, you know, what does it exactly mean? So I would be informed that as a second stage. And then I'd say basically you're ready to transact. It's simple. If you want to use the Yield Organic Ag Marketplace, I recommend it because our buyers and farmers both respect that we have all this information already teed up for them and everybody's on the same page and they're ready to transact. So sign up for the Yield Organic Ag Marketplace and post an ad. Definitely, I mean, it's free for farmers. So I think it's not only relevant, but exciting because, you know, who knows, you know, what connections can happen from, you know, your ability to post a crop. And that's actually the only kind of gateway, right? I mean, in order to post an ad, we need to have that tested, right? Yes, and I think it's something that allows both parties to also transact with confidence. So I think that's that's the element of why it's built into the Yield Organic Ag Marketplace is that trust and confidence. Yeah, those are rare commodities in agriculture. So I'm glad you're bringing it up to the forefront. This is a good change. All right, Rodrigo. Thanks so much for being a part of the podcast and sharing my, my version of a public service announcement on why testing for crops and crop quality, verified crop quality is so important. My pleasure. Thanks for listening, guys. Absolutely. In, in concluding our podcast, I'd like to thank you all for joining the Yield Organic Ag Marketplace and for listening to The Organic Advocate. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit the like button, leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify, or subscribe. It's easy to follow us on iTunes and Spotify now. Just look for The Organic Advocate under the podcast section. If you have any questions about Yield Organic, you can reach us on Twitter using hashtag Organic Advocate. We look forward to hearing from you. If you'd like to be a guest on The Organic Advocate or connect with us, please reach out to us on Facebook forward slash Yield Organic and on Twitter at Yield Organic. Keep tuning in.